Okay, so from Tomasz Trotikowski, we've got the man that could swim. Huh. <laughs> not, not really fast, just maybe the first person. To s we go back yeah, to okay. the dawn of man. To the dawn of superheroes. And the first superhero <laughs> is the first person who worked on to swim. <laughs> yeah, it's the first superhero. <gasps> and then some other cavemen do whatever they can to repress that ability. <laughs> <laughs> So we've got. I, 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 I see, see. This is the thing. They're not. They're not doing whatever they can to, to repress it. Mm. They, you've got a society of cavemen. One of them falls in some water, mm -hmm. and someone like dives in after them. Le has learned how to swim and pulls them out. Mm. Then you have this microcosm of the escalation, where a bunch of new cavemen start deciding to drown people in weird ways. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like like trick people into they've put some leaves over a over a well. Yeah, um, like they've they, they uh, like make a weird like floating raft thing that's going to dissolve as they go out, yeah. knock them over the head, just they sort of push them out. Houses with water. <laughs> Yeah, just pour it, and you get like the, you get the like unsuccessful attempt as well, where they're like pouring water into someone's house, jug by jug, and it's just like, <laughs> why isn't it working? It's because it's a cave. It's got a big opening. <laughs> this isn't the Flintstones. <laughs> and so, uh, the man who can swim, who is played by um, uh, Nick Dave Cage. Franco. Ah. Uh, <laughs> 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 Nick Franco. <laughs> uh, we'll Cage, Nick. Cage Franco. We'll do. We'll do Nick Cage. Cool. Um, and he's going around and swimming and saving people. And he goes, "Oh my God! Truly, my power has become a curse." <laughs> <laughs> I hope that no one else has to suffer this inevitable, constant chore that it is saving other people. <laughs> he's like, he's like uh, uh, and then there's people on the sidelines being like. Ah, oh, seemed like you didn't see. Uh, it's um, what's this guy's name? Sean Connery. <laughs> I guess. Ah, uh, seems like you didn't see uh, very many uh, uh, people trying to drown each other until uh, until this man came along. Oh, such a superhero! He seems to have summoned evil bastards. <laughs> I, I'm quite liking the idea that the the main villain in this is the leader of a a caveman tribe. Who also learns to swim, and they have to fight for supremacy over over this bit of lake because they're drowning them. And it's like, right, right. Well, uh, I'm gonna have to beat you uh, uh, down this river swimming, so that if you beat me, you get charge of our land. Uh, and and if I beat you, you have to go further north, further north than we already are, because it's it's pretty pretty damn north up here. I've gone Canadian all of a sudden. <laughs> and then they both drown and die in the river. Mm. Uh, <laughs> this is how Nick Cage defeats him. Not by any means of his doing, but by the Ice Age. <laughs> he just gets trapped in the in the lake while Nick Cage swims ahead, swims away. Away from the day after tomorrow esque yeah, ice that it's, follows. It, the other one is, is Brendan Fraser. He gets trapped in the ice and then he's um, Encino Man. <laughs> yes! <laughs> it's the prequel to Encino Man. We never knew. We Encino wanted. Man, for first superhero, followed by the next superhero film, Encino Man. <laughs> Encino Man! Able to wake up from being frozen in ice from the, from the Ice Age. <laughs> 
I don't know what this film is. In cinema, it's one of Brendan Fraser's lesser-known films mm. where he plays a caveman who gets defrosted in modern-day America. Uh, you see, what I was going to say is the villain, like our post credit scene, is the villain defrosting like in the 1800s and going, <laughs> I hate being beaten by people better skilled than me, and then making the... the St. Dampener's school. <laughs> yes. Like, again, just... Uh... <laughs> uh, me, well, me stop. <laughs> when he comes out of the ice, he was very damp. Uh, and, he's like, so... and he goes into a bank, he's like, me want to make school. And he's like... <laughs> We have to fill out this paperwork. Me hate paperwork. <laughs> he works, he walks into a church, right? A monastery out in America, right? He walks into a Catholic monastery in the 1800s. Um, and uh, when he like walks in there, he's got a long beard, long flowing brown hair, and rags. <laughs> oh my God, he's Jesus. He's like a Jesus. And, and he's like, and they're like, who are you? This amazing, and he's framed from behind yeah. the light. Like, who are you? You're this amazing gift from God. And, and uh, he's, he walks I hear, in. make school. He's, he's, no, he just says, ah, oh. He gestures to his wet clothes. Uh, dampness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm full of dampness. Fucking and they're like, hell. dampners. I'll call you Saint Dampners. <laughs> and we'll start a school in your honour. <laughs> what? What's your philosophy? What do you? What is your message from God? Everybody normal. No one better than me. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. And everyone needs to be perfectly ordinary. <laughs> yes, St. Dampeners, thank you for your message from the Lord. And he goes, me no, me go now kill bad. <laughs> we all have our thing. That is fine. <laughs> St. Patrick chased off the snakes. You can kill a bear. <laughs> if you want. So in St. Davenant Schools is this painting of this caveman ripping a bear to shreds. <laughs> <laughs> and every time... And it's the only piece of art allowed on the site. <laughs> and the one thing that links every other film we've pitched is there's one scene where, like, the hero's questioning their powers and the nun goes, Ah, well... Have a look at this picture. It tells the tale of St. Dampeners. He, he too tried to be special, and he was eaten by a bear. <laughs> it's a picture of, like, blood. Both the, the bear's blood as he's, like, trying to rip this bear to shreds, and, and his blood as he's, like, being eaten by it. It's a photo of Brendan Fraser's terrified face and this bear eats him from the legs to the head. And that's, I can't reiterate this enough, it's the only piece of art in the whole place. <laughs> It's massive. Because art is in itself a creative skill exactly. and makes it not normal. <laughs> yeah. And we... the thing is, they, they took that artist who paint that picture and then they killed him yeah, for being did. different. It's yeah. on the ceiling. <laughs> so when they're sleeping at night, all these orphans, they're <laughs> constantly looking up at Brendan Fraser being, being torn reminded apart. Yeah. that if you try and be, be good or different, yeah. you will die of bears. And they say in the dead of night, you can hear his scream, <laughs> Help, I'm being eaten by a bear. <laughs> They recorded it. And they've just got a little tape player behind yeah. the painting. <laughs> it's like oh, the first God. Avenger. <laughs> just like this weird world without superheroes. 
where the most superpower you can have is being <laughs> able to swim. swim. <laughs> and the subliminals are like, oh, no, I won't. At the end of the day, right, Captain America, the first Avenger, he's just a strong man. <laughs> he is. He's, he's just a, a strong, fast man who can throw A strong, good. fast man. And that bit when he gets a car door. Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> that bit when he has that car door. I do remember that bit. That car door's got a star on it. Yeah. It's really lucky Captain America didn't come against, like, literally any other villain from any other <laughs> film. Like, if yeah. he'd come up against, like, flipping, like... Whiplash. Cap- yeah. He would have got fucked. <laughs> ah! Dead. Like, yeah. done. Like, yeah. flipping... If he'd come up against Hela, he'd be... He'd literally see him and be shot. Like... It was meant to be me and Charlie this time around, but Charlie gained the plague. <laughs> I think the podcast, she may be allergic. Because every time, like, I've asked her more often than not, I, every time I ask her, she <laughs> gets to the day and she's like, I'm really ill. Because, like, yeah. Uh, and, like, for anyone else, I would be like, oh, I think she's, like, avoiding it. No, Charlie gets ill a lot. <laughs> she has the immune system of a gnat. <laughs> but she does have a hundred percent success rate on films that blow us away. It's gonna keep asking to come back to. <laughs> We're gonna keep asking because, um, <laughs> well, ap- unless we actually do find out she's allergic, <laughs> at which point we will stop asking because that's cruel. Yeah. Maybe keep it to. I love this conversation about and about how I'm second train. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I made that very clear when I asked you. <laughs> Just like. And or did I just say and either or? <laughs> oh dear! You you you're just as good. Wow! <laughs> we love you just the, as much. The stutter. <laughs> you're, just, you're fine. You're just you're Joe, uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Joe. Uh, this is like Christmas episode all over again, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> this is all revenge for the Christmas episode. This is revenge for the Christmas episode, You're right, yeah. Where I ruined the show. <laughs> I didn't ruin the show. I had a lot of fun watching the chaos and, ensue. And I think, I think Matt's only comment to the whole pitch was like, oh, oh dear. <laughs> Please stop. Yeah, like, please, can we go? Can we cut once? <laughs> For those of you who didn't listen to the Christmas show, you should go back and listen to it. Um, I, at the very last minute, right before we did the final pitch, went, let's just keep going and never go back to like retcon anything we've said. And uh, what to be honest, ended though, up happening was art. Um, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, right? What we've done a lot recently though because yeah. we've started off by just identifying a lot of shit about characters yeah. we could probably do that not today <laughs> or not ever again yeah. but we could totally do that cut to the end unless, of it's, <laughs> unless it's like inevitable man at which point like his, yeah. his future is set and there is nothing he can do to change it oh do we have inevitable man <laughs> could we just pitch inevitable man could that be Sorry, Ross Originals, but we're now doing <laughs> the, great inevitable. In, the great inevitable. <laughs> Thank you so much for me again. Uh, do you like superhero movies? Uh, yes. <laughs> Imagine if I said no. Uh, no, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of the MCU. Um, I was really, I was a massive fan of Kickass as a as a teenager, yeah. and then I grew up and realised I was a big fan of Kickass because I was a teenager. Um, that was very much a teenage power fantasy film. I, know, I, I still quite like it. It's... Um, 
It's a very dumb movie. Uh, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a very funny movie and yeah. it's very well made, but uh, yeah, the comics are written by a man who <laughs> loves his gore um, <laughs> and loves his controversy. Yeah. <laughs> but it was the first graphic novel I ever read, so oh, right. it's got that going What's for your favourite graphic novel? My favourite graphic novel. Ooh. Um, Superhero oriented. I really like The Watchmen. Yeah, I really like The Watchmen, and I thought I wouldn't because I thought, oh, everyone loves it, so I feel like you have to like it. And then I read it, I was like, no, this is gorgeous, and it's an old comic as well. Yeah. And a lot of old comics, I I don't like old comic style for the most part. I like modern, <laughs> well drawn. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. But The mm. Watchmen's gorgeously made. Mm. Um, the entire sequence of Doctor Manhattan when he's on Mars and like going through his whole like uh, origin story, and he's at all times at once. It was. Mind blowing that that segment. If I ever was asked, you know, I'm getting into comics. What should I read? I'd be like, watch the uh, like read the Watchmen, but go to that segment watch first. Watchmen. Watch you the Watchmen. Me. I never read. <laughs> <laughs> Who watches the Watchmen? Joe apparently. Yes, yeah. um, I am the Watchman man. Um, I just <laughs> religiously watch the Watchmen on repeat on a Blu-ray player. Um, <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> no, I, I thought the film was eight, but the the graphic novel is just. Oh, brilliant. Uh, and, and that segment alone, I think, is enough to sell you on graphic novels in itself. Viva Vendetta was better. better. I've not read it. I read them both in quick succession because basically, like, I heard they were both having film for, uh, adaptations mm. and, like, they were both on the slate at the same time. They were both sort of, like, had been, like, rumoured. And mm. I was like, well, fuck. I'm not, I can't call myself a real nerd if they make a film about a comic I haven't read. Yeah. He said before the uh, the uh, the outset of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> <laughs> At which um, point he had no choice. If you'd ask me what my favourite like Marvel or DC comic is, yeah. I'd say I don't read DC. I don't know why. I, th- I hear the DC comics are very good, better than the films, but mm. I just don't. And I really like Secret Empire. On, uh, on your way out tonight, mm. I'm going to lend you uh, the, the volume one of Aquaman. Uh, <laughs> it is banging. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, no, I, I will give that a read. But yeah, no, um, Secret Empire, uh, you can buy it for fairly cheap now, the whole volume, like the whole um, event. I've got it on uh, Marvel, uh, Marvel thingy. Uh, the app, yeah, the Marvel yeah. Unlimited app. Yeah. It doesn't work I am, ever. I am usually quite iffy one event comics. I mean, to be mm. fair, I really like event comics because they're one of the few sets of comics that you can just jump into. A mm. lot of series comics, A, they're super expensive because they give you like four or five issues yeah. that are like come out of nowhere and disappear into nowhere because, you know, mm. and, and, and you sort of have to just accept that you're not going to get a full story from them. Yeah. Events are fully encapsulated stories, but they often do rely on previous experience with the heroes and maybe previous experience mm-hmm. with the villains. Secret Empire is just fascinating. The basic concept of it, for anyone who's not read it, is um, through a bit of parallel universe pokery jiggery, um, Captain America turns out to be evil and working for Hydra and uh, turns that basically allows Hydra to win and he rules the world or America specifically um, through Hydra and he goes out to collect different parts of the Tesseract because he wants to be able to go back in time and undo the point where Hydra was ever defeated <laughs> to give Hydra more power um, and Hydra he power. and meanwhile every you know like most event comics to a certain extent every hero has to then go underground and disappear because the villains have won they've yeah. won and 
that in itself is, you know, that idea of the villains one is fairly kind of done too. But the fact it's a hero uh, mm. that everyone trusted yeah. that then mm. takes over, and the fact that so many heroes that breaks them and they go through some severe like psychological trouble with that. Right. There's some really interesting moments. I may have to mm. read that. I think my favorite Marvel one is um, Marvel event is Siege. They're yet to do in it's when um, Asgard appears directly over Oklahoma. Oh wow! Uh, and uh, and at this point in the in the whole thing, it's not the real Avengers; it's the Dark Avengers. So it's Norman Osborn as uh, Iron Patriot, and he gets he assembles his own like Venom. Like basically, it's you know how Marvel has a problem of villains being just a carbon copy of yeah yeah. It's basically he's gone and got all of those guys <laughs> and gone right these are my dark avengers we're gonna go fuck up some asgardians wow <laughs> and it's really good i think mine would probably be um the only the only full uh event i've really read would be uh the i think it's called night of the owls or oh, court of owls on. which is a um dc new 52 uh event which ha- all happens within gotham Okay. Every hero set in Gotham is involved, uh, but it's entirely so. Basically, what happens is Batman finds out, or I should say, more more likely, Bruce Wayne is like what? Hang running, on. running from... <laughs> Are they the same person. He's he's he's. What? I think he's um, basically trying to trying to fix some stuff in Gotham. Like he's taking the more political route. Um, he finds out that that is not possible because. Um, there's an Illuminati kind of faction in Gotham that's been sort of uh, twisting things from the from the sidelines for years um, uh, or generations, I should say. They kidnap him and then start trying to assassinate everyone he knows. Um, Jesus Christ. Yeah, and so every hero in Gotham has this same just... Ass- they're going on their own merry way assassins appear and try to kill them that's my and... favourite movie as a dungeon master <laughs> and then and then one or my least favourite bit of Fallout New Vegas <laughs> and then at least one or two of them realise that they were supposed to be assassins in the first place but from the same faction wow. yeah like it's, it's pretty cool, pretty cool. Um, it's like the, the idea that basically Batman's whole crew Everyone who's even tangentially affected by him, people who are super mm. in—I say super—you know, a special in Gotham might well have been that way because someone decided it should yeah. be like that, mm. um, which is a pretty cool. Um, it, it all wraps in on itself, and you can buy them all in in in, in uh, volumes, so it's quite quite easy to uh, to to digest Amazing. as well. This is great inspiration for for. The themes were great, right? Mm. Like the acting was great, the cast were great, the like the visuals were fantastic. Best villain of any Marvel movie I've seen, personally. Ooh. He's, he's up there with um, Vulture for me as well. He needed more time. Yeah, he needed yeah. more time. I think the yeah, and actually the only thing that I think was um, people talk about the fact that they were upset about the fake out villain because we lost Andy Serkis as a villain. Mm. I had the complete opposite thought. I yeah. thought we didn't need Andy Serkis at any point. No, like, we didn't need Andy Serkis. He was a welcome... I mean, I always like, like Andy Serkis in a I, film. Like, but... I'm just annoyed that he died 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. because he was in Age of Ultron as a side villain, he came back in Black Panther as a side villain, and he got killed. I'm like, oh my god. That was, that was what was so fun about Loki. That was what's mm. so fun about Nebula. They kept coming back you and, know like, what building I'd up a relationship. like to have seen yeah? was he shoots him, and then um, he's made out of robot parts. <laughs> <laughs> and inside <laughs> is the alien from Men in Black 1. <laughs> <laughs> Save the galaxy. <laughs> the galaxy is in Orion's belt. <laughs> it's an Ultron 2. Um, uh, it's an Ultron 2 teaser. <laughs> a film that no one wants. No one to wants see. even slightly. Oh, God. But now they've teased it, everyone wants it. Yeah. Oh, um, dear. The shame, but, the shame about Age of Ultron 2, uh, Age of Ultron 1. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, I'm already predicting it. Uh, the shame about Age of Ultron was that um, the the in the comics, the villain's so good. Ultron's such an interesting concept because he isn't this, like, monologuing, I'm James Spader and I've got all these monologues. He's Here just... is my philosophy yeah. to you everyone. You he know, is just... You know why that is? Because Joss Whedon can't write a villain. <laughs> just, he, he can only write one villain and, <laughs> and that's it, Loki. <laughs> yeah, and that was Ultron, it was Loki again. And that's what I hate it because the thing about Ultron is he is a program who has been given and that's and the the fact he's part of the Mind Stone and stuff. The the original Ultron, first of all, was invented by Hank Pym, mm. um, which is a very different feel than being invented by Iron Man. I I liked that it was a, it was a named character, but there was a reason why I think it should have been Hank Pym. We'll come back to that. Um, and I, the reason I think it should have been a later storyline altogether. Yeah. But it's a program that goes wrong. Yeah. Essentially, Ultron is a natural disaster. Sure. Ultron is not a villain. He's a natural issue he is he is a, just a problem yeah and when you see people fighting him uh very rarely do you i think later on they give him personalities and stuff like that but i think in age of ultron the core one he or he's already won in the actual comics in the event itself he's won that has just happened and people are surviving a post ultron world yeah and um and and he is just a program that's just it's like kill all humans that's essentially just like this is what i have to do this is my programming yeah he doesn't see the problem in what he's doing mm. and not like thanos who's like i'm controlling population i have issues with thanos and that's a whole different <laughs> thing um uh but he is a program that has just got one track mind yeah he's unlike any other villain because it's not even like i have a philosophy and you have a philosophy it's i have this one thing i've been told to do and i'm doing it yeah which is why in the event i think the way that they resolve it is he goes back in time and kills yeah. Hank Pym and stops him being ever being right, invented. Yeah. It's, it's Wolverine, isn't it? Yeah. Think, yeah, and they send him back it's... in time to kill Hank Pym, and he basically breaks time. And like all comic events, it then basically is an opportunity to change a bunch of. From the then on, lines. it's just a flash. Doing yeah. the fl it's another. Flash it's, another it's another. It's another re <laughs> readjust of the timelines. Yeah. But they also, I think that was that point. They merged with another comics, um, and they brought in characters from a different comic. Because mm. I have the guy in the galaxy around the Age of Ultron era, mm. and. It, there was a story of how they found one of the the characters from those comics and and took them with them and stuff. So yeah, like it it was essentially one of those events. But would that not be a really useful thing to keep in your back pocket for when the movies inevitably need a yeah. massive shake yeah, up? Yeah, like it was. Infinity War has shown that we need to have constant abilities to reshake the and rejig the universe. They and they they blew their load over Age of Ultron and 
made it a much, you know, not a bad story, but a much weaker story than what it could have been. I could do with at least two films after Infinity War where half of Earth's heroes are gone. <laughs> yeah. And they're not going to give you that. No, no, they're not. Just the one. Not even that. Not even that. Yeah. Ca- Captain Marvel is fucking set in the nineties. Set in the nineties. Although he does press the beeper, he do right. So yeah. like, yeah, so it's, it's just gonna be a sort of like Captain Marvel going, "Hello, <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello. Are you there?" <laughs> um, yeah. Is it is it just Captain? Yeah, because Ant Man and the Wasp was the other one, and we've it's been and gone. I've not seen it yet because um, um, well, I always watch Ant Man and the Watch what like Ant Man films way after they come out in cinema for some reason. I think it's because they. Both of them have come out shortly after an it Avengers was, film. It and was I'm... a weird movie. Like, mm. does, that, it's, that was the problem. It's, I think. A, I, it's like it's like a six, six and a half out of ten. Yeah. Um, like it's, it's not quite Thor: The Dark World. I like the first Ant Man, but I still <laughs> wouldn't be like, you know, what I really want to watch yeah. the first uh, Ant Man. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, my first instinct would usually be Ragnarok, Black Panther, Homecoming, yeah, Infinity War. Those are like Guardians of the Galaxy. You yeah. do yeah. mention those. But all of those came out, apart from Guardians of the Galaxy, after um, Ant-Man. Yeah. So for a good long while, Ant-Man was my favourite Marvel movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. for a goodly long while, uh, Ant-Man was like this. Because I, 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 once, once they took it off um, Joe Cornish and Edgar Wright, mm. I was like, fuck that. This is going to be a Disney, boring, generic film. Yeah. And then they just... Uh, did a good film, yeah. which well, had real good humour and only ba- vague ties into the. It's, it's because thing. he was basically painting by the by Edgar Wright's numbers. Yeah, like, yeah. If you watch it, you're like, this is definitely just an Edgar Wright movie. That's why when you watch Ant Man and the Wasp and it is just Peter Reed, you're like, ah, uh, no, it's uh, not good. It, I there's, see. There's no flair here. This no has this has has as much character yeah. as the Amazing Spider Man. It also <laughs> helps that Ant Man and Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd is a more likable character as Ant Man than uh, anyone else, including Iron Man, who I do not like. I do not like Iron Man. I have a real issue with Iron Man. Yeah. And I don't know why. I think he, in many ways, is a very well told character, and I think part of my issue with him is other people's attitudes towards him. Like he's so cool, and yeah. I'm like, he really isn't. And I also it's... feel like saying he's cool really misses the entire point of Iron Man, which is he's an incredibly flawed character. It's like Rick and Morty fans, right? It's just, yeah. <laughs> it's just like I think the problem is that every time we see one of his flaws, one of one of um, uh, Tony Stark's flaws, it's he learns from it by the end of a film. Yeah. So like, apart from like, I guess uh, Civil War. Mm. Um, oh yeah, like yeah, he doesn't learn anything in Civil War. In fact, he goes back on yeah. a on a whole thing. Yeah, um, that he learned in Ultron. I mean, he, yeah, he he unlearns in Age of Ultron what he learned in Iron Man Three, yeah. which was maybe don't do Iron Man <laughs> anymore. <laughs> and then he was like, I get rid of all my suits except well, for this well, one. Well, this is the thing. Like going back to why Age of Ultron is a thing, Joss Whedon. Like, I don't think had... Which is weird, considering that he was one of the first people to write a TV series with an overarching narrative for a series. Mm. It's weird how he approached these films kind of like a sort of one... Like, as the old way, where you just make, mm. a, make a superhero movie with, mm. like, a villain. So when he made The Avengers, he said, Oh, right, I really want to make a film about Ultron. Um, and so it's like, all oh, right, well, you leave Ultron for a later yeah. date and have like, because I don't think 
an Avengers film needs to be where it is in that story. No. Like Ultron, Ultron basically is a story you get when you leave J. Jonah Jameson in charge, right? Like it's sort of like <laughs> yeah. uh, J. Jonah Jameson constantly commentating on what happens when you have vigilantes, right? You yeah, all, yeah. When you have superheroes is that the bad guys step step up their game and then and then essentially Ultron's story is mm. um, Tony Stark, well no sorry, in, in, in the case of Ultron, Age of Ultron, but like um, uh, uh, like the defenders, the people stepped up their game so much that they had to respond. It's a nuke thing, right? It's like yeah. a, it's a whole nuclear allegory, uh, and it's like you um, you f- find this in DC as well. It's just like these 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 time ending uh, apocalypses. Mm. Um, when people, uh, when when you want to make a, a talk about vigilante justice, and uh, people want want to put put things on that gray uh, that gray line, mm. and it's like, so Ultron should have been last. Mm. Like, yeah. if you're gonna do things that are either reversible with with um, uh, Fist Man Thanos, um, Fist Man. So I have a pitch for how I would have structured the MCU yeah. from the first. So the first Avengers. And all the films before it were perfect, not because mm. any of them were good films apart from the Avengers, but because they they all came together to be a really interesting set of films. Yeah. yeah. So leave them the same. Never been done before. Yeah. Like that was that's the bar yeah. you've set. Just like this has never been done before. That's a good little yeah. uh, act one. Then you do many of the sequels with the same themes, but maybe better written. Um, <laughs> and you have everyone dealing with the aftermaths mm. of this massive war. Mm. Not just the heroes, but the people of Earth. Yeah. Aliens are real. Superheroes exist. Villains exist. We're no longer safe. All that happens. All at once. sorts of stuff like alien technologies. Yeah. Like like homecoming, right? Alien technologies everywhere. Yeah. So everyone's a bit super now. You move homecoming to before Avengers two. Yeah. Uh, now I know they couldn't do that, but in yeah. an ideal world, you move homecoming to just after Avengers one mm. in that in that phase two. Mm. Then Avengers two is civil war, and it's a direct reaction to the Battle of New York because that makes a lot more sense that the governments wouldn't let multiple disasters happen governments are very reactionary Mm -hmm. and that reactionary element makes the civil war more poignant because some heroes are like well look the politicians have had we've had one major disaster (laughs) and they're all kicking up but that would happen some heroes would get really annoyed that they saved the world and people are seeing this as a disaster that needs to be Mm -hmm. confronted Mm -hmm. rather than an issue that needs to be and I guess you'd have like well like with the films that come after the Avengers you'd have big disasters after that yeah. that all lead up to Civil War. So yeah. you'd have uh, the Winter Soldier play out pretty much exactly the same yep. as it did except Hydra's motives change slightly because of, yep. there's aliens now. Yep. Uh, we've got to really take control back. And uh, we have to take control of the aliens if yeah. we can. And there would probably be, Hydra would have some kind of like alien brainwashing device. Um, yeah. And then you uh, have Civil War happen mm. and Civil War breaks up the entire Avengers. The mm. Avengers are no more. And not even just the, now there's the Avengers and the non-Avengers. Mm. There's essentially S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm. or whatever, like a new yeah. form of like a government regimented troop mm. uh, which is like Iron Man and a few others and then there's just fractal groups everywhere yeah like little groups of two or three who are just friends and yeah. therefore yeah. They, they meet each other and mm. and work out uh, well, uh, you, allies you've, you've got that uh, with the beginning of Infinity War everyone's in their own little pockets of friendship yeah. groups you've got uh, Thor and Hulk and yeah. Scarlet Witch and Vision and 
and Captain then, Black Widow and, and then you have Phase 3 yeah. and the, the films in Phase 3 are cosmic films Guardians of the Galaxy and mm. Thor established the Thanos threat which has been drip fed to you in the earlier ones as usual mm. yeah. but you start getting a real sense of the, the power of Thanos and the motivation of Thanos that makes sense one that you know actually feels real rather than cop uh, anyway because um, <laughs> Thanos Thanos talks about his philosophy uh, as being something very noble and then at the same time also acts super evil that's my main issue <laughs> is he talks about I'm doing this to stop overpopulation I enjoy punching people to death <laughs> um, that was my main issue with Thanos I mean I think that might be as his flaw is the fact that he quite enjoys it as well like yeah. he's grown to enjoy it rather than it be a chore for him yeah and I think I wish they just established it there but that's a separate <laughs> and, and also like yeah they they have this group of people following around like li- little lost lambs these these, these cultist acolyte type people mm. being like he's so kind he will be bringing oblivion to you soon yeah. and then he he's just been like putting, <laughs> they should have been put in earlier films having one of them be a Guardians villain yeah. would have been amazing yeah, yeah, really yeah I'd have had them all be a Guardians villain with yeah. Thanos kind of hovering in the background I'd have Wait, had them replace wasn't, Ronan yeah. Yeah, wasn't, wasn't, wasn't Ronan the accuser one of them and then he's dead yeah. now yeah. No, it was yeah. a different relationship with Ronan though. It, it was, was a lot more tenuous, and he never worked with any of the rest. It's like that of them. with Loki as well. Yeah, um, but anyway, then any 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 film set on Earth, the villain would always be another one of the heroes because mm. every single solo film after Civil War should be a single rivalry between one of the fractal groups and the new government official Avengers. Yeah. So you could still have the Ant-Man, but rather than have him go against a random villain no one gives a shit about, you have the Ant-Man that's been in Civil War yeah. invade, stealing something from S.H.I.E.L.D.-approved Avengers because he now works against them and he's mm. now got their, he's got different philosophies for them yeah. from them and so he starts robbing them then you work all of that back together because the reason that Thanos wins in Infinity War is because none of the Avengers were working together properly which yeah. kind of happens in the current Infinity War and they bring that back together mm. and I like the new Infinity War but have that really established in the previous films that they're not working together and then have them realise that that's why they lost to Thanos in the first place as they all got scattered across the universe yeah and then have Avengers 4 happen because the remaining people after you know the old clickaroo unify and put everything aside and just work together to mm. defeat this major which, evil which definitely works I think you probably I think you'd struggle in that last phase of set phase 3 um, because of the um because having a film, you'd have to choose your heroes very carefully. Because having films where um, it would have to be Black Widow, and I think it would have to be someone like um, it has to be probably another Captain America film. Mm. Because um, I think you need heroes that viewers are willing to um, like. There we go. Um, viewers are willing to uh, be on the side of that hero mm. regardless of the fact that they haven't seen these bad guys or the, these opponents be specifically evil yeah um which like if it's, it's other event if it's gray. other yeah if it's other heroes that they they know the names of then it's going to be tough to kind of make so maybe the end of a film like the like you have one film where where a plot beat is that hey we're up against like mm. my job currently my day-to-day is 
fucking pinching stuff off the government Avengers mm. uh, so that I can go out and do some real work to help the people in Hell's Kitchen or whatever yeah, yeah. Um, and then like you have main bad guy that they have to work around some bureaucracy to yeah, get yeah. to mm. um, yeah but then the way I bring Ultron in is everyone then is back together mm. after Thanos but they're family. all fucking terrified of the potential of like space aliens yeah. and so you have another Spider-Man where uh, Mysterio is the main villain and he's like a con man who's using the fear of aliens to that'd be really good gain impersonal wealth I and... really hope the next that um, Spider-Man um, Far uh, From Home Far From Home Far From Home uh, involves Mysterio that would be so much fun it, it, <laughs> it does, does Jake Gyllenhaal does, play yeah. Mysterio but they have uh, that would be how I'd picture like Mysterio's taking advantage of our new space fear and then you have other Aliens coming to Earth, like the scroll and stuff in the in the next phase because oh, that's in the, yeah that's Marvel yeah and these are all things that are going to happen but yeah. it's the way that they happen I think is important like the scroll have come to Earth because people are talking about Earth now and this new planet that's ripe for the picking mm. um, and suddenly all these heroes get more and more terrified that they're not going to be enough to save it mm. so um, Hank Pym has been building this Ultron and he goes I've been building this for years I think it's time to activate it mm. they activate Ultron. Ultron just does what Ultron's supposed to do, which is just go, I'm saving Earth. Humans appear to be the biggest threat to Earth. Yes. We keep bringing aliens here through <laughs> our actions. And th then we have this post-apocalyptic thing, blah, blah, mm. blah, blah, Ultron as it is. Go back in time, kill Hank Pym. Probably not Wolverine, maybe not having uh, <laughs> approval of Wolverine, but you go and get... You'd have um, Fantastic Four. Yeah, point. something like that. Yeah. Like, or, or even Ant-Man, because it looks like Ant-Man's going to have some kind of time yeah. travel possibility. So you go back and you, you, you kill Hank Pym, which it actually get Ant-Man to do it, because that's dark. Like, get him to have to kill his own master to save the world. <laughs> Jesus. And then that shatters time, and then you can do whatever you... You can have a multiverse at that point well, as well. the thing is, you'd mm. have Age of Ultron be... Um, like, you'd have Rise of Ultron, and then... Uh, Ant-Man Age of Ultron yeah well no you'd have Rise of Ultron then you'd have uh, <laughs> Ant-Man Ant guess the Age of Ultron you win, <laughs> you win a new you win a new multiverse Ant-Man back to the Pym and then you have um, like and you see I wouldn't make it Ant-Man film I, I don't uh, like yeah. the idea of making a solo film a major well, event you'd, film you'd have, a, you'd have a part one and part two yeah. thing what so about, about Ant-Man Pym's but... a clock <laughs> Ant-Man Pim's fatigue. <laughs> well, Pim's o'clock is better because he's going back in time, right? Yeah, yeah. You've got to go yeah. to the, 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 the point at which <laughs> Hank Pim's o'clock. Hank, um, Hank man. Uh, <laughs> Hank man, I'm just not that into Pim. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Shall we record a podcast? Yeah, yeah. that's actually... Uh, yeah. or, or we can spend half an hour <laughs> talking about fixing the DC universe by making Willem Dafoe the central character yeah. in his new role in, in Willem Dafoe just narrates different DC comics in a cinema. I'm so happy <laughs> he's in Aquaman. I'd, I'd be terrified, right? If I was a if I was a low time crook in yeah. Gotham City. Yeah. And then behind me came this dark shadow. I was like, "Hey there, kid. <laughs> hey, <laughs> it's me, the, the Batman. The Justice League couldn't. And it's it. me." The Superman. <laughs> I'm a, They're all the foes. <laughs> I'm afraid the Justice League couldn't make it. So you've got me, Willem Dafoe. <laughs> I'm a DC hair foe. <laughs> Actor Willem Dafoe. See, I have a very short pitch as to how to fix the DC universe, <laughs> right? It goes like this. 
Ben Affleck and Willem Dafoe uh, play uh, Batman and Martian Manhunter, <laughs> setting up the Justice League in a in a in a uh, fucking satellite in space, <laughs> right? They invite various people. That it's a fucking bunch of Star Trek style board meetings. <laughs> That do not deal with any on the ground crime, <laughs> just moral questions. <laughs> <laughs> and questions of bureaucracy. <laughs> and questions of like where in this like where I where do we stop? So much. Oh <laughs> where do God. we stop organizing micromanaging our heroes? Oh my, my dinner with Superman and it's just one <laughs> restaurant dinner with Superman where they discuss the moral ethical reasons why he maybe shouldn't be a superhero <laughs> and he has more powers than any other creature on this earth. We've been watching Young Justice and we recently watched My Dinner with Superman, <laughs> which is which is Bruce Wayne, who hasn't been introduced yet in the series, who so he's just a man in a suit. Yeah, yeah. Just it, does I was talking. like, why is Superman talking to what looks like Super Clark Kent without glasses? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I think when he answers the phone, he does say, "What's up, Bruce?" <laughs> I wasn't listening. I was too busy <laughs> laughing at sports. <laughs> Sportsmaster, yeah, <laughs> DC's best villain. <laughs> he does all the sports. He's got a javelin. He does a big exploding discus. <laughs> he can shoot. Because um, that's a sport as well. Real What's fast. your superpower? Can shoot. <laughs> well, we've got one of these today. Right. So, uh, yeah, some films. Right. Okay. Yeah, we want to start again. Yep. Dab, dab, dab. Hello. Just want to say thank you for listening to the Lives of Pitch deleted scenes. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, maybe consider sharing it with your friends on social media, by word of mouth, anywhere really. Maybe put it onto a, a thumb drive and just throw it at someone. And maybe even reviewing it on wherever you got it. If you find it somewhere on iTunes or Acast or wherever, maybe review it there. Five stars, thumbs up, give everyone the heads up. Like I said before, thank you. Cheers. Right. Bye. Bye.